Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Generation of Wrestling Podcast. As always, is yours truly, the 27-year-old piece of gold franchise, a.k.a. the GOW's resident tribal chief. And with me, as always, he is the flyest in the room. Mr. Pin that ass down. One, two, three. Two gold K Breezy in the building, man. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. Working hard and hardly working. You know how it is. Man, you already know how it go, man. No food stamps. No food stamps. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, all right, man. So today, man, we we, we gonna do an AEW uh, Wednesday night Dynamite review show. We're gonna catch up on last week's show and this week's because you know we missed last week's because of scheduling conflict. But that's good. Have no fear because the GOW is here. With that being said, man, we're gonna start off like I said with last week's show, which was the one year anniversary uh, of AEW. Man, you ready? Yeah, yeah, man. Let's go, man. I figure we, you know, we can kind of talk about, you know, some of the stuff and then, you know, talk about what how it transpired to this week's. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, man. So first up, we had AEW World Tag Team title match. We got the best friends, Trent and Chucky T versus, you know what I'm saying, Dash Wilder and Dax Hardwood, the revival. I'm surprised I remember them because I still want to call them, you know, uh their their, their WWE names, but I got it together, man. Don't, don't feel bad because I still will call him that name. <laughs> well, with that being said, so, uh, I mean, uh, well, you know, we'll talk about the match. Then we'll talk about who won. So, uh, I mean, to me, honestly, man, I feel like, you know, this match really, really showed, man, the best friends as one of the better, if not one of the best tag teams at AEW. And I feel like with this match, man, I really – with the last couple matches, actually, I feel like but with this match in particular with the uh, with FTR, the Revival, I feel like it's only a matter of time before these guys win the tag team titles. Do I think it's going to be by the end of, the, uh, end of this year? Absolutely not. Do I see them winning it sometime next year? Absolutely. If not, man, that would be a crying shame. What do you think of FTR? What do you think of the revival? What did you think of this match? Where do you see FTR? Excuse me. Where do you see the revival going forward? Um, I, I, well, the match was cool. Um, it kind of, you know, uh, you know, there's this thing, you know, where you know you have uh, the fans that love AEW for what it is. You know, the concept, the things that they try to do the characters that they present, you know, that's awesome. You know, that that's the one thing that brings that attraction to it. Um, one of the things that turns people off is sometimes the, the, the ring work and how guys are working together and how sometimes, you know, you can see guys getting tired. You see it in all wrestling. I, there's no wrestling promotion that has a match where, you know, unless guys are top condition, you get a lot of guys that kind of lag a little bit in matches. And I felt like there was some lags in this match, uh, especially, you know, with the best friends, you could say it was, you know, they had that, that, that parking lot match with uh, Santana Ortiz. You could blame it on that, but they had time to rest. They had time to get together. Uh, it was a good match. It wasn't bad. Um, definitely. Uh, I like the near falls. The near falls is what kept me into it because there were quite a few times I, I thought the best friends might've pulled it off, but I'm like, ah, I, I can't see them pulling the trigger on FTR yet. They're setting up for them versus the Bucks. That's what we got to get. So, obviously, um, they pulled it out. They won. Um, it wasn't a bad match, but, it was, again, w- what I did appreciate, again, is what you said. You know, we we got to see the best friends, you know, when 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 it matters the most. We we got to see them show up and show out. And, you know, they, they did the best they could. Um, definitely want to see more of them. Definitely want to see, you know, where they go. I don't know if they're going to get the belts. 
this year. Uh, I could see it. I could see it happening next year, just because out of all the teams right now that that are actually you know really working as a tag team, not really doing other stuff, uh, they're they're that team that's up there. So I, I see I see a lot of potential best friends, uh, but I I wanted them to kind of get together on that that ring work. You know, sometimes they do a lot of extra stuff, so it takes them out of it later on. Um, you know, later on in the match. So, but, you know, that's about it. Yeah, and then, you know, to, to kind of get a little bit into the match really quick and then uh, go on to our next one. So, we ended up having, you know, uh, Trent, he ended up going for a spear on, on on Cash Wheeler. He ended up missing. He ended up breaking, actually destroying, going head first into a one-of-a-kind video game for Kip Sabian and his lady, Miss Penelope Ford, which apparently, you know, angered Miro because after the match, Miro came down and laid a smackdown on both their asses. So, with that being said, we are next match. Kip Sabian, along with the lovely Penelope Ford and Miro versus Sean Muletta and Lee Johnson. Uh, obviously, like I said, man, it was a match. Yeah. Nothing to talk about. Uh, Miro came in, destroyed Retab, but he did what he did. And let me just say this, man: Miro with the blonde hair and the and and the dark facial hair, man, it's a good look on my boy. It's a good look. He's the Bulgarian in Eminem. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that's what it looks like. My only issue with Miro is, man, he's been really messing up on his promos, and you know, and he wasn't that bad, you know, in WWE. And I guess the 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 one difference when certain guys do certain promos on one show. And then they come and they do and they want to be something different. And especially with AEW is that, you know, these guys are they're, they're not scripted. So they're more, you know, off the you know, they're freestyle promos. And, you know, he, he I feel like he's got enough work to where he can be a little more consistent with his promos. You know, I like I said, I love AEW, uh, but, you know, I got to I got to recognize the things that I hear and see that other people are having issues with, you know, or reasons why they feel AEW isn't really worth it, but we all know what it was. We all know what to expect from it. And if you thought it was going to be exactly on the level of WWE, well, that that was your mistake in thinking that. Uh, this was an up and start company that is producing guys that WWE wouldn't give opportunities to, wouldn't give, uh, you know, certain guys. Maybe the Young Bucks. I could never see the Young Bucks being a legit tag team. They would be a sideshow in WWE. In AEW, they actually get to have good matches. Yeah, their gimmick is their gimmick. They're the super kick party. Okay, they're backyard wrestlers, but they're backyard wrestlers that made it into something else. So, you know, you 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 gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta appreciate them for giving those type of people an opportunity. And people like Miro, somebody that was in WWE, didn't really get the push he should have got. Because I, I still feel like he should have beaten John Cena at WrestleMania when he was the United States champion. Like, he should have beat him. You were putting him over as this monster. You should have continued to build him. Because people people like Rusev, even when he started to be a face and they were and Aiden English was coming out and singing Rusev Day. Like, that was really the epitome of the height of who he was. And he's kind of everything Vince wants. Maybe he's not... As tall, but he's a big dude and he can wrestle. And he, uh, he's not the greatest technical wrestler, but the dude can handle himself. So, you know, they kind of dropped the ball on that. So now him coming in AEW, I want him to take what he's learned from that and 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 push it. And I, I don't want scripted promos, but I want him to 
be better with freestyling it. You know, just just kind of know what to say and don't make too many mistakes. I felt that, and I know I kind of long winded that, but you know, I, you know, it, it, it just just little things. You know, you want him to do because I expect more from him. Like Kip Sabian, I can expect him messing up from time to time. Miro, I, I expect a just a little bit more better from you. That's all. A little bit more better. <laughs> yeah, I said. <laughs> I mean, well, here's the GOW, man. We do not judge for long-windedness. As we need more <laughs> as we need as much content as possible. So the more you talk, the more content time we feel. So sure. by all means, you know what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, you are such a wealth of knowledge, you know, since the flawless phenomenon isn't here in this very moment. You know, right. I would like to pass on the due diligence and delegate you, and I would like to knight you, sir. Stephen A. Kimbrough of the G.O.W. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's that's I'm gonna put that on my name. I'm gonna put it Stephen A. Kimbrough on the next one. <laughs> Stephen A. Kimbrough live and direct. All right, man. Well, next up, man. So we got it's time for MJF's big announcement, right? What does MJF have to say to the champion, the demo god? And uh, let's get right to it, man. So MJF he walks out to the ring with Warlow. Because of promo, he says, you know, I'm not here to get on top. I'm here to stay on top. And then he introduced the man, the myth, the legend, the the 30-year man, if you will, the king of all kings and all things AEW, the man who shot the first official shot from AEW to the land of entertainers, Y2J. You can't call him that no more, goddammit. The demo guy. I was about to say, demo guy, the le, le champion. Le champion. So, you know, Jericho came out, but of course, it would not be Le Champion without the crew, man. So, of course, he had to bring the inner circle with him, you know, uh, Sammy Guevara, Santana Ortiz, Hager. And the funny thing was, the first thing you noticed, everybody came out with their MJF gifted jackets, which, by the Why way. Why they doing my boy Sammy wrong, man? Why they doing Sammy wrong? Like, we, 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 we about to talk about that. By, by the way, man, they need to hook us up with them jackets that I love. So, you know, the week before, Sammy Guevara, he, he was a little left out. You know, MJF, my bad, man. You know, it's a shipping error, if you will. Right. Man, you know, Sammy got his jacket, and ironically, everybody's wearing their jacket, but Sammy's not wearing his for some odd reason. And then, you know, MJF, he's like, you know, Sammy, wear the jacket. Sammy didn't want to wear it. Chris Jericho said, hey, man, look, it's rude. Wear the jacket. So he puts on the jacket. I swear it looked like it was made for Mark Henry. And, and of course, in MJF fashion, he said it fits like a glove. Too cold, man. What did you think of this interaction between Chris Jericho, uh, uh, excuse me, Chris Jericho, MJF, and the whole inner circle? In particular, Sammy Guevara in the jacket, man. How did you feel about that? The 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 jacket was wrong, man. Like it's like, dude, come on, man. You you're gonna build the tension of of MJF wanting to be in the inner circle, and then the one thing he does is pisses off the one dude that's gonna be the most hot headed and angry. You would think Ortiz or Santana, but he gave the, he was smart enough to give them the right sizes. Like, no, nah, I don't want it with them. I damn sure don't want it with Hager. I mean, I got you, I got Warlow, but I don't want it with Hager. Ah, uh, Sammy's just Sammy. You know what? Here, Sammy, you take this. But this is this this speaks to the character sort of development of Sammy Guevara. How he, you know, he's that he was that one kid that showed up with a panda on his head and was just lackadaisical in the ring, and now you know he's he's got an attitude and a swag about himself, and he's he's improved his ring work. So. You know, to see them messing with him and just him, you know, playing along with it, you know, get like, dude, I don't I don't want to wear this. And he just flapping his arms and you just see the thing flapping. It's like, dude, why y'all doing Sammy Raw like that? But the interaction between him and Jericho, I, it 
it was a little long winded for me. Um, I, I, I understood they were, the whole point was to, to kind of BS getting to the point. Like I understood that, but I felt like it, that might've went a little long. I'm, I'm, I'm critiquing tonight. Um, but, uh, it, it was cool. It was going to set up. Well, I didn't know it was going to set up what it set up, but <laughs> it, 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 and that was something else in, in, in entirely. And we're going to get to that, but it, it, it set up this dinner that Jericho and MJF was going to have a steak dinner. I'm sorry. They were going to have a steak dinner and they were going to talk some things over of Chris, uh, when, when MJF say quite possibly, maybe sort of kind of almost little bit, maybe, you know, he went through like a whole bunch of words before he say, join her in a circle. It was like, just possibly maybe whatever. And, and, and it's like, all right, whatever. That, that was kind of cool. Like I said, it, it went a little long, but it was cool. Um, I'm I'm really just more intrigued to see where they're really going with this is I, I believe this is setting up for MJF to try to take over inner circle. I, I, I don't know why, but I, I feel like that's going to try to play a part. And then Warlow is going to play a part in messing it up for MJF. Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing maybe this is maybe that's how this is going because you you already got that little tension between them. So right now Warlow's playing the game; he's doing what he got to do. Uh, but yeah, it, it it just made you really want to know what's really the end game. Are they going to join up as a group, or are we going to get that one on one match? Tuco, Tuco, Tuco. Hold on, slow, <laughs> slow your roll, man. Let what me up, man? Sure, let me make sure I'm picking up what you're dropping down. Okay, right, go ahead, brother. Go ahead, man. So, so, so are you telling me? That there's this massive plot to this this coup, if you will, of MJF to take over the inner circle. Is, is yeah. that what we're getting at? Yeah, because he want to prove he's the best. So are we are we going to get an MJF LS champion match today? How long? I don't know, but it, it's going to build to it. And boy, it, it had a it had an interesting it had an interesting build to it. So we're gonna we'll get to that, man. But yeah, let's finish this. Let's finish this anniversary show off. Absolutely. Well, we're going to, as you said, we're going to finish it. We definitely going to get to that uh, later on. All right, man. So the next segment, we had Tony Schiavone was, you know, the champion calling Tony Schiavone. And, and Britt Baker, the doctor, DMD, don't forget that. Uh, so they were at a spa together, man. And I'm not even going to lie. As cheesy as this was, it was absolutely hilarious. And then the part where Britt was like, wait, Tony, are you naked? <laughs> and right, and right. And I'm like, this whole entire time, she got the cucumbers on her eyes. She's just been laying there. And Tony like, you know what? I'm not going to just sit here. Let me get one of these massages. Yeah, all right, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah go say what you say. It's like. I'm not going to lie. I like that dynamic between Tony and Britt Baker. At first, it was kind of off-putting a little bit, but it's like the more they do it, the more she is. It's like the more Tony just kind of changes his attitude. You see him do different things, you know, the more and more he does interviews with her. You know, one, he's trying to be more professional. Then each interview after that, he's less and less professional. And then for him to be getting – and I thought maybe she knew, but the fact that, you know, he didn't got – he's getting a massage – Right next to her, he's naked. She doesn't know it. And then when uh uh uh, what's the girl's name? Um, Reba. Reba. When she walks in, and then she's like, "Oh my god!" And then you know that that of course lets Brit know. So yeah, that that whole little the I, I'm like I loved it. And then when it when it cut from that and went to them uh uh, uh give, giving uh Tony a waxing and pulling yeah. up, I'm like, oh, they really, oh, they really doing it to him, and he was laying, there and he was taking it, and they just fucking with him, I'm like, all right, okay, I, this, 
I can get with this. <laughs> I can, just because it's these two, Th this worked because, and if you've been, if you've been watching AEW, mm -hmm. uh, this segment worked because you've been seeing the interaction between Britt Baker and Tony Schiavone. Every time she does an interview, she's always like rude as hell to him and just getting him to say stuff. I mean, there was the one where she was sitting on the cart and, you know, she got the string on a note and she's sending it to him and he's just reading random things <laughs> that she just sent. So it's like, if you've seen that build up, then this was hilarious as hell. If you were watching this for the first time, you don't understand what the hell you were watching and you don't get it. But this was good. I enjoyed it. It was, that was funny. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. And you know, like, so, okay, so really quick, man, just kind of right. sidetrack. When Britt Baker initially she started off as a face, it didn't quite work out. No. She turned the heel yeah. on the Jericho Cruise. And like you said, man, initially her, her interactions with Tony uh, was a little off putting. It was a little left field. It was kind of like, all right, where are we going? I am not going to lie. Ever since she has come back, and I'm going to talk more in depth about this later on, ever since she has come back from her injury, Right. She, her character has went up another level. And I'm talking in the ring, but even like her persona, like I don't feel like she's trying to be Hill Britt Baker. I feel like she's finally embraced, you know, that that inner asshole, or J, you know, JR said, you know, the baddest bitch from the block mentality. Yeah, <laughs> right. And that's what she said. And that's what she said she is MD, the baddest MD on the block. But, uh, you know, but yeah, I, I, I do like the change. I feel like the heel. Like they didn't like to push her as the top person. The problem was she was the best one. There was nobody really on her level. Um, and, and and given time, we've gotten more women to come in, which was a good thing. And I, I like that they also got to mention they put a women's match on this anniversary show, which I they had I hadn't seen the announcement, but to see who it was, I was I was kind of okay with it. Uh we'll get to that in a second. But to, to see Brit be this transitional with her face to heel uh this was it was working i like i said she was she did everything to be that annoying heel you know she was she was annoying she you know she, she just she talked crap about everybody she she dogged tony shivani out you know she talked everybody out she dogged her assistant out she and she what she got a uh, big swole suspended she didn't got her in trouble she she didn't did a whole bunch she didn't did everything she needs to be to be that proper heel so now when they continue to build up people like Sheeta and Big Swole and everybody else, now you got someone else other than Rose to be that, you know, that big dominant heel, on, you know, for your company. So now you can continue to build more. So I'm glad that now she's starting to really take off uh, and, and be what we wanted to see her be, you know, the best. We want to see her be the best in the company and and get that opportunity. Um but other than that, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm all in on heel Britt Baker. Yeah, and it remind me, man, when we talk about Britt a little later on in the show, something else I'm going to add, but yeah, I'm going to kind of get through this first, so we'll, we'll, we'll circle back around. For sure. All right, man, so the next match, we got the TNT champion, the Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. He comes down to the ring with his wife, Brandy. His coach enforcer, Arn Anderson, versus freshly squeezed Orange don't, Cassidy. Don't forget the blonde hair. He 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 brought back the blonde hair. Well, well, let's get to that. Yeah, man, I was super confused because when he first came back, he had, you know he beefed up a little bit. He had the black hair. I'm like, okay, cool. I like this old throwback, Cody. I, and, and to me, I'm gonna be honest. I'm more of a fan of the dark hair Cody than I am the blonde hair. I'm not really rocking with the blonde, but hey, it ain't me. He ain't my man. So, hey, it is what it is. I ain't got no skin in the game. 
I, don't, but, I think I think that's the far less thing she's worried about. I think she's more worried about that neck tattoo than anything else. And she, and she said several times she hates that damn tattoo. She hates that tattoo. So yeah. First of all, do you know how how bold you got to be? Just side note, your wife tell you, "Hey man, don't get that shit," and you come back home and you got that shit. <laughs> Yeah, you a bold motherfucker. Hey, yeah. you, you a bold well, I mean, man. hey, look. Well, if if well, I don't know if he told her she was he was getting it on his neck. It might have been a last minute thing. Like, hey, you know what? Put it right here. Bam. And then, hey, babe, look what I did. Bam. Why did you do that? You know, it could have been that type of moment. We we, sure. we don't know, but I, you know, I'm pretty sure she's like, it's your body. If you want to get it, go ahead. I mean. I ain't gonna like it, but whatever. And I'm pretty sure you know they have that type of relationship where that they're the because yeah. the, they seem really close. So and they've been married for a real long time. So I I doubt if she's really she can dislike it, but she's like, what am I gonna tell them? He, he grown ass man. <laughs> I'm a grown ass woman, a grown ass man. Do what he do. All right. Well, speaking of this match, all right. So one of the things I noticed, man, you know, you got Darby Allen watching from the Raptors, looking like Sting back in the day. Uh, yeah, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, you know, peeking over little peeping time or whatever. Uh, I mean, to me, I'm gonna be honest. So, like, the match, I felt like the match was good overall. I didn't like the way it ended. I understood the way it ended. I didn't like it, but I understood it. To me, I liked the match. My only thing was this: uh, Cody, Cody, he was very aggressive in this match. You could tell, you know, he's, he, he was he was flustered. He couldn't get Orange Cassidy. He thought he was gonna have a good, an easy time with him. He yeah, could, nah. he could, you know, Cassidy gave him a run for his money. My only issue is, you know, to see, and, and maybe I'm thinking too much into it, but to see you get squashed the way you did against Brody Lee, then to have Orange Cassidy put up a better fight against Brody Lee than you, and for Orange Cassidy to not pull out the victory here against you and for it to end in a draw I'm like I well, don't really I, I don't know how I really feel about that ending per se I'm looking at you right now you look like you kind of understand it or you kind of agree to it in some degree so you know what are your thoughts of the match did you like the way it ended did you like the way it flowed do you have any complaints about the match what do you think um, good match. Uh, I I just I, what I liked about the match was the storytelling. It was really more of Orange Cassidy being Orange Cassidy and getting and it, it bothering Cody because you know Cody's he's getting all revved up. He's getting himself to all hype, you know, to really go. And Cassidy's being Cassidy, man, which pisses people off. And then you know when Cody's like, okay, all right, this is how you want to play it, cool. Then this is what I'm gonna do, and then he gets the best of Cassidy, and then Cassidy, all right, oh okay, all right, you know what? Fine, I'll take you seriously. Let's go, let's do this. So I like that bit of storytelling. Uh, that it was a good match. Um, now I like the match. It was a good match. Probably the best match of the night. Well, I'll leave it at that. As far as the night, as far as all the matches, that's probably the best match. Um, as far as the ending. I was I'm more accepted to the ending because he didn't lose. Okay. And I said and I and I said Are you happy who didn't lose? Cody or uh Cassidy? Uh, Cassidy. I'm 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 happy because Cassidy didn't lose. Because I remember I said I said I can't see this lets me know that they recognize Cassidy can't lose a second TNT title match. You you can't bury him like that. That's that's WWE booking. You don't book a guy to lose 
multiple times and then try to make me think he's credible of winning. If them having the match they had and it going the time limit and Cassidy, when it looked like he was going to lose, not losing, and when it looked like he was about to win, running out of time, that gave a better story. So now when they give the rematch, which is going to be next week, um, I, I I expect better okay. because now you gave me a 20-minute match. Cassidy's got to win. Like he's not going to get another opportunity if he if he ties again. So he has to win. This, but again, I'm still on the same feeling. He can't lose. Cassidy's got to win. I'm sorry, Cody. You you you've had the title when he. Well, I I, I will talk about it on the next one. On, on when we get when we get to this week's show. Uh, but he had said something in the interview that kind of made sense to me. So that's where it kind of changed my thinking prior to doing the show. Um, but it, it, I, I feel like you've done enough for it to where you brought a little attention to it and it's time for other guys to win it and come up and Cassidy's one of those dudes. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. I'm more intrigued to an orange Cassidy versus Darby Allen than I am to a Cody Rose versus Darby Allen for the third or fourth time. I, I I rather see Cassidy versus Allen. Give me that match because I, I know what to expect from that match because I expect that match to be all over the place. I, I don't want to see Cody run to the top rope and do a top rope cutter. I hate when he does that because it, it, it logically doesn't make sense for you to be able to hit that on somebody. Like if you took the person to the top rope and dropped them, that's something different. But for you to run that damn high and then bounce off and then – I hate that. Get, and I understand he wants to have a high-flying move, but he needs to get rid of that. There's a few moves he does that it's like, ah, man, Cody, you, you got to get rid of that. But right. I don't want to see Cassidy lose. He still should not lose this match. But I have a feeling because they've had him tie and it made him, you know, didn't he didn't look weak. He looked strong because he one more second, he'd won. Uh, he had the match. It, it was it was for him to win. It just he ran out of time. So I, I feel like they're gonna have him lose because of that. But I'm more invested in Darby Allen versus Orange Cassidy for the TNT Championship at Full Gear. That's what I'm working for. That's what I want. The wrestling fan in me, logic says it'll be Cody versus Allen. Yeah, uh, and. <sighs> We'll get to that. We'll get to that because yeah. I got something to say about Cody and Allen too. Considering Cody Rose and Darby Allen, they already had they won two once upon a time, and Cody came out victorious. <coughs> so, but you know, we, twice. We, we, no, hey, they fought a couple of times, and Cody's won. Yeah. So yeah, Darby can't lose a third time. But right. we, we, yeah. But we 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 gonna talk about that. All right. So next up, man. Next segment, we got Alex Marvez. He attempted to do an interview with Lance Archer, but then you know. John Moxley came up there. He laid the smack of down on him. And then, oh, yeah. So, you know, that was that. And then after that, man, we had another interview segment with Matt Hardy being interviewed at ringside by Tony Schiavone. And he had let the world know that he has been medically cleared to compete. Uh, hold on one second here. Sorry, I got my notes all a little tangled up. No, <laughs> he's got you. And then uh, Guevara revealed himself to be the attacker. Yeah. And, and that's going to actually set up something uh, – do you do? Were you made aware of what match? The, yeah, yeah. The the the, 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 the leash and that, the, 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 whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. 
So a Matt Hardy, a Matt Hardy match. Yeah, I, I got it. So, so you know, this is a Matt Hardy deletion match. Uh, I'm actually going to say this. So the match he had in TNA, uh, mm-hmm. we did. I didn't watch a lot of that, but I did watch a little bit of Matt there, and I did see the original deletion match. Is that the and one then, he had with Jeff? Yes. Yes. Freaking genius. And then they try to replicate that to a degree in WWE. That sucked. Not to Matt's fault, but it just, it just, it just, it just. Wasn't. Okay, I, I don't want to get, I don't want to get us off W uh, AEW topic. I, I'm probably one of the few people who actually liked what they did. Like, I still felt like I, I felt like that was all Matt and Bray's Wyatt creation. Like, I felt like everything they did, all the tricks and everything, that was all them. Um, I didn't have a problem with that. Now, maybe the i don't know what vince's influence was maybe because it was on and maybe because people thought well it's on wwe so maybe it'd be more grand and what it is i liked it for the originality of what it was in tna how it wasn't more it wasn't more it wasn't made into a spectacle because it's not a spectacle it's it's a rare kind of odd match and it it felt authentic to what it was in TNA. I, now that could just be me. I'm pretty sure people would disagree with that, but I, I at least thought that I didn't feel like it was because uh, I feel like that's how the Boneyard matches now. Like if you look at all the other, well, except for the House of Horrors, that was just terrible, <laughs> and and the Money in the Bank was just all over the place. But I feel like those two matches kind of gave them, like especially that 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 Delisha match with Bray Wyatt. I felt like that it 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 gave something. I think the problem was. You had a lot of WWE people. It's probably the same amount of people that watch AEW was probably watching TNA. So when it gets to WWE, they don't know it because they weren't watching Matt Hardy, you know, be broken Hardy on TNA. You know, so you only the true hardcore wrestling fans were watching it. And and though there were a lot of people who knew deleted Matt Hardy, they wanted to see him, but I don't think they really, really knew. I think it was just, oh, it's the Hardy Boys, they're back. Yeah, you know we're happy for that. So, I, but I I wanted to give that some credit. I, I, but let's 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 continue. And you know what? And, and, and to be fair, you know what? I, I think maybe that's what it was. You know, I'm going to actually renege a little bit, and I'm going to say maybe maybe my thought is like you said, maybe it didn't necessarily suck per se, uh, because you know it's a Matt Hardy's Bray Wyatt. Um, but I think maybe my expectation was seeing how it was in TNA and then knowing that this is coming to WWE and it's like right. maybe you know we've been so conditioned with WWE that everything is grand like everything is such a spectacle that we don't get that it's like you know you think you better get a big M80 going off and you get a little no. Right, it's it's everything that you would have gotten TNA. Every little thing that they would have did then if they maybe not as as graphically raw like it's right. still WWE so I'm pretty sure there were some things that they didn't do that they did on TNA, which made that one so great, but it, it which makes it its WWE version. Like I feel like there were a few little things, you know, some blood, a cut, a you know, however it would have happened, you would have actually gotten seen it on TNA. Where WWE's like, nah, we're, we're not going to do that. Let's just have a fight and y'all just go at it. So yeah. I, I think that's what kind of threw some people. They didn't feel like, like I said, I, that's why I feel like even though they didn't do a lot that they did in TNA, I feel like it was still their match. Uh, but it was it was WWE style. So because we expected more out of it because it's WWE, 
we you know we were we were all just kind of left with like uh what the hell but it was okay it was okay i'm not saying it was great it right. was okay i liked it it was cool all right, next up, another segment. Damn, we segment heavy in this we one. We segment, man. Yeah, let, yeah, yeah. Run through the segment and we can get to the main event. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we got Tony Schiavone, man. He announces that next week we'll have four teams competing and the winning team will be the number one contenders for FTR's World Tag Team Championships. And the four teams that were picked randomly were <laughs> Private Party, Silver and Reynolds of the Dark Order, The Butcher and the Blade, The Young Bucks. Boy, do we got something to talk about. Next up, man, we got AEW Women's World Title Match. We said this the week before. We said, you know, there's no way you can have a one-year anniversary and not have a women's title match. This just seems to have been thrown on the show. Maybe it was announced on Dark and we didn't see it. Whatever. Uh, so, really quick, you got the women's champion Hikaru Shida versus Big Swole. I'm ecstatic that they put a women's match on the car. However, like I said, maybe I missed it. Maybe I just didn't watch Dark or whatever. But the fact that there was no announcement, no hype whatsoever put into this match, I felt like, and maybe this could just be me. Maybe hey, mm. I'm, I'm not running. I'm not running a, a billion dollar company. I don't know. But my my thought would be like, damn, okay, this is. First of all, you only got one women's match on the card. So with that being said, and it's your championship match. I thought that maybe there would have been a little more PR on it. I thought there would have been a, a little more promo. It just kind of seems like, oh, damn, you know what? We didn't add no women on the car. Just let, let's, let's just throw women on the car real quick. That's kind of what it felt like to me. It just kind of felt like a random addition. And it shouldn't feel that way, one, because, hey, women taking over. But, two, this is your champion right here. Like, this is a championship yeah. match. It should feel like a big deal, not a mid-card match. Too cold, man. What do you think about the match? Uh, first of all, about the late edition, but then what do you actually think of the match? Because the match itself wasn't bad at all. It wasn't a bad match, but there wasn't really. I'm well, okay. Big Swole's been wrestling, so it's kind of it was kind of evident she was the number one. I think she was the, the number one contender for the women's championship. So them putting her, considering she had been winning, you know, against Sheeta, was I'm gonna say the right move. Because she's been winning, she's been the one that's been consistently wrestling and 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 winning. So, uh, the problem was again, you could have been building this up to the anniversary. Like you always knew the anniversary was coming, so you could have been having Sheeta come out and just survey women. Like I know you you could have been doing something a little better, and you could have you know advertised it weeks in advance so people would know. Big Swole, Sheeta. Women AEW Women's Championship, you know, that's part of the show instead of where, like, I don't remember the announcement. And then, like I said, there was no real big hype to it. So I wanted to see them. Uh, but like I said, I, I I was like, they gave me what I wanted, but they didn't give me anything with it. Mm. If that makes sense. OK, so they, so they basically gave you a burger without the condiments. Uh, basically gave me a dry ass burger. And mm. and and like I said, the match wasn't bad, but I felt like. It was it, they weren't prepared to fight like it was last minute and they just went out there and did what they did for 10 minutes, which, again, the time limit was too long, I, too short. I, and don't get me wrong, but I feel like if you would have built it better, you could have had a better structure match. Give them 15 minutes. It's the women's AEW Women's Championship. You make time for them because you want to push this. You don't you, you've gotten way you've gotten better women wrestlers now <laughs> compared to what you had a year ago. So there's really no excuse. It was an okay match. It should have been better. 
really quick before we move on to the next uh, segment in the main event. Honestly, I'm going to say this. <laughs> I'm going to say honestly a lot because it's been a lot of honest moments for me in this, in this episode. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like it's time, and this is no no disrespect to Sheeta. I love Sheeta. She's been a great champion. But I feel like her time is AEW Women's Champion. I feel like, man, the clock is ticking on it. I feel like it's about time somebody else holds that title. And I'm thinking that next somebody may be Britt Baker if you're not going to do anything with Thunder Rosa. Uh, Nyla Rose, we haven't seen her in a while. Penelope Ford, not really sure what they're going to do with her. Chris Statlander, not sure how long she's going to still be out. So, I mean, is there anybody else on your radar that you see right now? Or does she just keep the title? Do you, do you not think there's nobody ready to take the title off of Sheeta? Uh, there's a couple of people ready. The problem is they're not really doing anything with Sheeta. It's not as if they've been trying to promote her and she's just not getting over. They're not really, you don't really see much of her. Like, I can't remember the last time she wrestled other than wrestling, you know, that last that night. I, I So the fact that she's the women's champion and there was a moment where she used to be in the crowd. And so when you had a women's match, you would see women talking crap to her. And then, you know, and her standing there, like, I, I didn't have a problem with that because you're building to potential matches, even though we we knew a lot of them weren't really ready for it. But, you know, they had to do something. All the other best women wrestlers are all in NXT. So it's like <laughs> they're all in WWE. So um, I, I felt like they didn't do enough to put her over. You know, I, I felt like there was too many times where she was off TV and you didn't do anything. You didn't mention her. Or if you did, it was like for a second. But it was nothing that made people remember. So right. I'm not mad at her. I'm mad at them because put more effort into promoting the women wrestler. Do I feel like it would be better with Brit? Of course. But that's kind of the thing. I, 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 I want to I want to feel like there's more than just Brit Baker. You know, because like, I understand she's the star, but I want feel like there's more that you have at least a few that you have a few people that you can you can at least consider uh, to be AEW women's champions. And if you put you put the title on her, you, you telling me she's legit. We watched her in the ring. We know she's legit. Give do do better and do right by her. Hey, man, you know, AEW, like, co-stone and Tony Khan, like, Diamond for Crime Mob. He got 32 flavors, you know what I'm saying? He's got, he just need to know which one to pick and choose, baby. Pick and well, choose. If they're going to be – well, I'm, I'm hoping, and uh, and it's going to – it looks like it's going to be evident because right now I think she's number five in the rankings, but they're going to build to uh, – like, I, they haven't announced anything for full gear. So I don't know what's going on, considering Big Swole had the number one – she had a match on on this anniversary show. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, full gears in a couple of weeks, so you got to have matches. So what are you going to put together? And again, this is one of those things where it's like you know this is coming up. Why aren't you doing anything? Where's the angles? Where's the you know what's going on? Again, you haven't done too many multi women matches for the championship. You did the one. And that was awesome. You you did the one hardcore match, and that, and that was a great match. So I can understand if you don't have everybody, but you still have some pieces. You can do something. Uh, but build it up. Just, just, just build it up. That's that's all I want. All right, man. So we're about to round out this show. Uh, the last segment of the night, man, we got a video package of Sean Spears who claimed that Scorpio Sky owed him for what happened during this match. 
uh, on Late Night Dynamite a few weeks before, and Spears said that he's collecting this debt. Uh, I'm not really interested in that just yet. We'll see how they build up on that. But let's talk about this. Man. That's because he hasn't, again, another person who hasn't been on the show. Yeah. Oh, okay, I, I was going to skip past it, but because you said something, I'm just pivot real quick. Yeah, so you, it's like you said, man, you know, you go from seeing people on TV every week, uh, whether he's wrestling or in the crowd, Sean Spears, like we said, Nyla Rose earlier. Uh, right. And now you got Sean Spears who, you know, like you said, we ain't seen him wrestle in I don't know how long on the Dynamite. And now. Right, he, he's been wrestling dark, though. Okay, okay, so he's been wrestling dark. Okay, but I haven't seen him on. Well, maybe once again, I got to do my due diligence and watch watch AEW Dark. But me, as somebody watch it, I just, you, I'm sorry, you have to watch when they scroll the names at the bottom because they they show the results of the matches. I'm not watching Dark. I I I'm watching other stuff. I I, I watch enough wrestling. I, I I watch enough wrestling, but they scroll the names, and I be seeing his name. He be beating people, but. You don't never see him on TV. It's like okay, he had he he's wrestling. He's just not wrestling on TV. So I, but I feel like that's the reason why it was kind of lackluster because it was like people want to see this new character of him, but we're not seeing him. So it's like, and Tony Blanchard seems busy with FTR. He don't have time for him. Yeah, it's, it's funny. He was like he be beating people, <laughs> but the way you said it, like. So that ain't good enough. <laughs> hey, I mean, I mean, but you know, it's dark. I mean, you wrestling, but we're not seeing you unless we're watching AEW Dark. And I don't know how many people are. There, well, there's enough people watching. I'm not gonna say I don't know how many, but yeah, yeah, it is what it is. He needs to get on TV, man. Yeah, they, they, they're doing like a million plus on YouTube, which is nuts. But yeah, All right. So I, you know, people are seeing them. I'm, I'm just not. We're not seeing them because we're not watching it. We're, you know, we're, we're watching Dynamite on live TV. All right, man. Let's get to the main event. Yeah, this is your yeah. excellent alter ego, John Moxley, the AEW World Heavyweight Champion versus Lance Archer for the world title. You look very unimpressed. It's now this is where me and you are on two opposite sides of the spectrum on this one. Because I I feel like this match wasn't bad. I, I felt like it wasn't bad. And to me, I actually feel like the person who gained the most out of this match was not John Moxley. I feel like the person that gained the most out of this match was Lance Archer, and I'm going to tell you why. So there's no doubt we've kind of disputed his in-ring work in AEW so far. The character is great, the wrestling, and eh, you know, whatever. You know, say, say what you want to say. But I feel like with this match being a no-DQ match, I really felt like this really played into the gimmick and the character of the murder hawk Lance Archer. So, oh, yeah. I mean, so so for, for, for that, I felt like this match really gave me something to believe in as far as Lance Archer, the murder hawk. Now, as a person who's going to be winning week to week to week and as a champion, eh, eh, mm, eh, didn't really do it for me, per se. But my biggest takeaway was what happened after the match show. Big dog, man. Your boy, the Mad King, Mr. Talk That Trash, Eddie Kingston, and Mr. Seto Miendo, and Penta, and Ray Phoenix, you know what I'm saying? They came down, they laid that smack it down on your boy, the Mox. So with no further ado, I'm going to give it to you, man. Tell the people what happened after John Moxley picked up the victory. Uh, Eddie Kingston basically came down, you know, congratulating him, giving him his props. But of course, we knew it was a setup. We were just waiting to see what was going to be. And, you know, they ended up he ended up backhanding Moxley so hard. He apparently knocked Moxley out. Moxley landed on the on his stomach. And, you know, he got to talking trash and 
They showed uh, on this week's show, they showed him continuously talking trash to Moxley and telling him he's going to beat him and it's going to be an I quit match for, you know, the championship. And I'm going to just say it, but it, yeah, it, for the championship at full gear, which I'm fine with. Um, Kingston is definitely he's a mouthpiece, man. He may not be the greatest worker, but he's a rough worker. The dude, like the dude can work. He, he's good. But you can tell, you know. Him not be, him being away for a while or whatever, you can see it in him. Uh, and and he's older. I, you know, you can see that in a lot of guys. But I like the guy, man. I like his demeanor. I it's like I don't expect him. I don't expect to look for a technical match, even though he can do a lot of good stuff. I I look for him to be the rough, just rough, and will do anything to win type of guy. And that's what he is. And and I like that about him. So. Uh, but the match with Archer and Moxley, I will say this: it was better than the first one, but um, it, it 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 was okay. It, it was an okay title match. Uh, I didn't feel the way you felt, but it, it was okay. It, like I said, it was. I, I give him credit; it was better than the first match. But uh, well, at least the first match in AEW, not the first match in New Japan, because I hadn't seen that one. Uh, right. But um, at least this first one in AEW, it, it, it was it was better than the first one. But as far as the ending and what happened, I had no problem with it. I like it. It just adds a little bit more fuel to the fire that maybe Kingston will find some way to get that championship. Maybe Moxley will lose it to him and not Omega like we think it will be. All right, man. So that's going to wrap up the anniversary show. Right. Now, let's, let's put the pedal to the metal, man, and get this thing started for, you know, yesterday's show. Right. All right. So first match of the night. We got the Cleveland boy, the hometown boy. Damn, we got a lot of people in professional wrestling. We got Warlow versus Jungle Boy. And you know what? I'm going to say this, man. I'm going to say it. Okay, I'm going to be the one to say it. I'm going to do you a favor. You're welcome. Thank me with Griffos later. Okay, so Warlow versus Jungle Boy. I understand that this match was designed strictly for the purpose of making Warlow look like a badass, which we already knew that. Jungle Boy, however... The chemistry to me just wasn't there. I mean, I understand it's supposed to be a glorified squash match, but the chemistry was just off. I feel like Warlow and Jungle Boy, man, I feel like they was two people on two different planets who just happened to be in the middle of a ring together. What did you think of this match? Go. I feel like, well, okay, so originally it was supposed to be uh, Janello versus Omega. I would have switched that and let had Janello face Warlow. Mm. Okay, but 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 Janello was out. But Janello was out due to him being close to someone with COVID. So Sonny Kiss got replaced his replacement. I still would have put whoever that person, Kiss or Janello, I would have put them versus Warlow. Yeah. I would have had Jungle Boy go up against Omega. Yes. Because I feel like that would have been an actual match because I, I feel like because because Omega was set up to face either Janela or be in the face and kiss. But it, I feel like that was going to be the end result. It, he wasn't going to really have a real good match. I feel like with Jungle Boy, he would have had a real match. Like or, or uh, yeah, I think at least he would have had a, a real match or he could have fought Coca-Cola. I would have flipped that around a little bit. Uh, maybe Hangman could have fought Jungle Boy. You know, and maybe that would have been the better match, you know. And then, like I said, again, Coca Bannon could have got his ass whooped by Warlow. Or, or you no, know, Janello, no. I would have still put Janello versus Warlow, 
Cole Cabana would have went up against Omega, and then he could have took that that knee that V trigger because you could have did all that with him. So there's a couple of thing ways you could have went with that. Uh, I hated that Jungle Boy had to fight him, and like you say, it just did not get over. And I actually wanted to see him make it to the second round. I knew he wasn't when I saw him fight Warlow. I at least would have thought he had a better shot fighting somebody else. Um, but yeah, I it yeah. I, yeah, it was okay. It, but Warlow, yeah, it, it is what it is. <laughs> surprise, MJ. I, I won't be surprised. And I'm I'm gonna put this out there. Let's just say for the sake of argument, Warlow wins. Yep. I see MJF taking his opportunity. I just said the same thing. I said I, I, I was thinking this to myself as I was watching the show. I'm like, okay, so either MJF is gonna cost Warlow an opportunity or and Warlow is going to get it, and then MJF is going to get jealous. I don't. I don't think he'll cost him. I think he's going to take it from him. I think he's going to like. I'm your employer. You're not ready for this. I, since you did, I'm going to take your opportunity and face John Moxley. He's going to be MJF. He's going to MJF it and and just be that asshole. And he mm-hmm. would take it. So, but I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're ready to do that. This would be a kind of cool way to bring back the Moxley. MJF kind of, you know, few, you know, a way of you using Warlow to go through all these people so you didn't have to face them. And then you take his opportunity to face MJ, uh, to face Moxley. Like I could see that being that conniving asshole MJF type of thing. So I, that's, but I'm putting that out there just in case shit goes wrong. Warlow wins. I see that happening. All right. I agree. I, I, nothing, no words, man. I agree. Next up, man, we got Kenny Omega. <laughs> we got, we got. Ken- you ain't even got to go through all that. Just say what he did, and let's move on, man. Because that was just. Well, okay, I, I'll take it from here. Look, we, look set up. Okay, so first and foremost, the girls coming out in the bikinis with the brooms. That was terrible. I understood what the gesture of it was, but it was terrible. Why couldn't you get him some moves? Why did they just have to two-step the whole entire time? And why were they two-stepping that goddamn long? I, I the intro, I get it. You're 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 cre- you're showing the creative, uh, the arrogance of the cleaner. I I totally get it. I just felt like it was too long, and and then you know you uh, yeah okay so that happened. The match rings. He he shows respect to Sonny. Sonny shows respect to him. V trigger one two three us uh, so V trigger and then uh the uh the uh the, um, one winged angel yeah the one winged angel <clears throat> right I was about to say the no winged angel I'm like no that's one winged or something like that he hits it on one two three that's the match he looks arrogant and cocky as he's doing it and then he's like oh Sonny oh here Sonny let me help you up oh man hey hey no guys no no Sonny. Sonny, yeah, yeah, give Sonny the credit. And Sonny got that look on his face like, bitch, like you just, <laughs> you just <laughs> like what the hell was that? Like what, what what, the hell's going on? So that whole little, I, I, I did like that. Uh, I didn't expect the match to go that way. I, like I said, I feel like that would have happened even if it was Janelo. I feel like that would have still happened. Uh, if it was Jungle Boy, maybe it would have been a more of a match. I can see him doing something else, a little conniving. Jungle Boy is a little more, you know, tedious to it and, and not as that naive as the other one was. But yeah, vicious, vicious knockout. 
uh sunny sold the what the fuck sunny <laughs> sunny sold it perfectly like she did perfectly so yeah uh omega's moving on to the next round man <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna say, hey man, he featured the shit out of Sonny. <laughs> like Sonny, Sonny, like I said, Sonny got up and just looking at him like, come on, like I want to hug you. Come on, I want to hug you. And Sonny, like, I want to hug your punk ass. <laughs> I'm like, hell no. The way that knee connected, all I can think of was Ricky. <laughs> Oh, so, oh, that that was that that was the highlight for me. But yeah, to, to see the ending, that was that topped it off. It was like, yeah, Sonny, like, yeah. When he get back to the back, he gonna he got some words for you, Kenny. <laughs> Sonny got something. Sonny got some things for you, buddy. He, he about to say, he about to say some shit. He about to say some shit. Oh man, but go ahead, bro. So next up, man, you know we get a segment from your boy, man, the Mad King, Eddie Kingston. You know he's laughing, he's talking about Mox and how Mox forgot his family. That when he went to the land of entertainers, you know that he promised that the inmates were going to run an asylum, but that Mox was going to bring all the inmates with him. But you know Mox got with his new family, you know the Shield guys, and they ran amok and they did their thing, and he forgot about poor Eddie Kingston and his guys. But he said that you know Ray and Penta, they never forget about their family. You know, that beautiful wife that Mox met in, you know, the land of entertainers. Eddie Kingston, then, he wasn't afforded that opportunity. All he had was himself. And he had to go to a dark place. And he said, you know, he had to become the snake. He had to become everything that John Moxley said he was. Because guess what? Unlike Mox, he didn't have the privileges, the luxury of being an entertainer in the land of the entertainers. So with that being said, he had to scratch and he had to claw. And he had to fight his way to AEW. What do you think of this promo? Where do you see this going, man? Uh, another great promo. Uh, Eddie Kingston. I, I can't say no more than what I've been saying. Give the guy a microphone and a camera and let him do what he do. Simple as put. I, 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 there's nothing else for me to say, man. This was on point. I liked it. I liked it, the build to it because I, it, it brought me back to when he came out during right right the night they were gonna fight when he fought in place of Archer and he came out you know and it was like last minute Moxley versus Kingston and then he had to come out and he cut that promo to really make people you know he talked shit about Moxley then and made Moxley come out they got to fight in the ring before the match like that brought attention to it so this now that you have time to build this up to the pay per view. Did what he, was, he, he did what he does best. I, I was very pleased with it. The thing I like, too, is, you know, when he getting real into his promos, he he, he just going off. And he was like, hey, 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 bring that camera. Bring it here in the camera. Get real close in his face. And he just starts talking that shit. I'm like, yeah, this is the guy. Because he, he, he breaks that fourth wall. He acknowledges that fourth wall. And it's like, hey, yeah, come on, man. Yeah, like, listen to what I got to say. Little, little, little tidbit here. <clears throat> so Kelly talking to him, um, he showed me this clip where uh, Kingston was doing a promo on Sour Patch Kids. It's on the being the elite. You gotta look it up, watch it. I got you. I'm gonna say that's all I'm gonna say. Okay, okay. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. You know, speaking, speaking to Eddie Kingston, so he was a commentary for this next match. You know, we got the Lucha Bros. We got Ray Phoenix versus Penta El Cero. Okay, see me, I, and apparently 
I just, I, once again, I must be in my own distant universe because I thought this match was in the words of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I thought this was the shits, okay? I, 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 I was living in a euphoric state of mind when I seen this. You know, I talked to you this morning. You had other thoughts and ideas on it. Uh, to me, I felt like the match was good. I liked it a lot. Then I started reading the reviews online. Then I started thinking about what you said. Then I went and rewatched the match. And for that, I can say I completely understand why some fans or a lot of the fans felt like this match for anybody else would have been very good. But for these two, it didn't live up to the hype. I want to say I apologize to you first and foremost because I sent you that text message in the in the middle of the match just off the hype like, yo, I know my boy, man, he loved Ray Phoenix. He loved Pentagon. Just, just off the strength of the name and the reputation, right? I'm like, okay, this match is about to be, you know, fuego. And then upon getting over my biases, you know, and 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 and, and, and seeing it for what it is, because you know, see, the first step of having a problem is admitting you have a problem, you know. And I had a problem, you know. To me, I was biased against the Lucha Bros. In particular, I was more impartial and biased to Ray Phoenix. That's a bad motherfucker right there. Okay. Now, when I actually looked at the match for what it was. Just two wrestlers going at it. Right. Psychology wise, there was a lot of lagging. And it 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 was to the point where you talk a lot about telegraphing and choreographing and too much walking through matches. It was sometimes to the point where it was so slow and so kind of drug out, it wouldn't even telegraph. It was just like, I don't, I don't know what to do right now. You do something. Okay, I'm done now. You do something. And that's kind of what it felt like. It kind of felt like they honest. Maybe this is just me. It almost felt like they didn't want to wrestle each other. Um. Okay. So, like you said, Matt. I. I. First and foremost, my expectation to this match. Um. You know, first thing I thought was, wait a minute, why are they putting them two together? Then I started to understand why they put them two together in a match. These two have fought one on one many a times. Okay, cool. All right. So I watch it because if they've been fighting this many times, they're brothers and they're they're this coherent where they 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 not only fight as a tag team and win tag team belts, but they fight as singles superstars and win singles titles. I want to see it. I already have high expectations as them as a tag team. So you're giving me this one on one. Okay, fine. There was lagging in this match. Now, some of that lagging I was okay with because when they were doing the chops, like that was kind of like, <clears throat> like, okay, this is your brother, man. Like, 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 like you want to, like, you're fighting your brother. So, you know, you're going you, you, you gonna to be serious about it, but you're going to do a little, like, you know his moves. He knows your moves. So the reversals, I didn't have a problem with them. Uh, I just felt like they, they, they could have been a little, they, they could have been a step better. They could have been a, a, a little bit more crisp, you know. They, I, I feel like y'all two, y'all two know each other way better than anybody else. Y'all should. This should be high impact, fast moving. Like, but I expect some some uh, slowness. I expect Pentagon to take the glove off and you know and do the gesture. I expect Ray Phoenix to do something, you know, which he did do something nice off the ropes, and then he took a nice little bump off the ropes, uh, but. The, the, when they started to slap each other on the chest, I didn't have a problem with that. 
Because I felt like that was like, come on, like, what are you gonna do? Huh? Come on, little bro, what you wanna do? Come on, big bro. I I can take it. I can take it. Let's do it. I didn't have a problem with that. It was as the match went on where you saw too much walking through a move. And it's like, nah, y'all better than that. Come on. Like, oh, you did a move, but then it was like, uh, where I think it was Ray Phoenix and he he did the Herakarana and he I guess his head hit the mat, kind of knocked himself out. So you you had little moments where it was like some of the slagging was understandable because they're brothers, you know, he, they're doing they're doing what they're doing to each other, but they're remembering who they're fighting. It's like and and, and I didn't have a problem with that. I had a problem with some of the other stuff in the match. And again, yeah, like like the people online, like everybody else, the expectation of what this was supposed to be. I called it last show. I said match of the night. That's going to be match of the night. And it's got to be match of the night. There's no other match that that's giving me the idea that it's going to be awesome. Like I expect this to be awesome. And I was I was let down just like everybody else. But it wasn't bad. It, it just wasn't where I thought it was going to be. Next up, man, we got a segment with Alex Marvez. He's talking to Alex Reynolds, John Silver, Cocabana. And Reynolds says, you know, that this is the this is the biggest moment of our lives. And, and for a second, man, I, I want I want to detour. I want to talk about the Dark Order. So when the Dark Order first came out, we all know nobody was really messing with the Dark Order. Especially, you know, it, it, it just wasn't getting over. Then when they came back, they slowly started to get over. I'm going to honestly say, man, this 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 match between uh Alex Reynolds and John Silver. I like this pairing of these two from the Dark Order. And that boy John Silver. Man, I don't know what he is doped up off of, but I need some of that. You know, next time I hit the gym, I need to hit what he hit. He was he was like Mojo Raleigh type hype. And uh, but yeah, the the, the match is good. We get we we get to the match, but long story short, man, you know, Reynolds said he's aiming to handle that hot mess. Cole Cabana goes out for his match. And speaking of Cole Cabana, we got the cowboy. Yeah, that's right. We're talking that cowboy shit. We got Adam, Hangman, Page versus Cocobana. Of course, of course, Hangman was going to win this match. Come on, Cocobana ain't beating Hangman Page. But hey, it is what it is. Cocobana, you know, for him to be a little chubbier, you know, he, he can move around the ring a little bit. He can do his thing. He's a legend on the indie scene. But I was not picking him over Hangman. You know, he got his ass whooped. Post match, Dark Order comes out to help him. Uh, you, you care to talk about this match at all or? And not it, it had some good spots. Um that was about it. It 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 it, it had good spots, but it was so, kind of predictable who was gonna win. So you talk about a mouthpiece. This segment, we got your boy, the, the human suplex machine, Mr. Survive If I Let You, FTW, fuck the world, the ECW original. You got that boy Taz. He came out with his boy, the machine, Brian Cage, and absolute Ricky Starks. I like this, man. So, you know, initially Taz comes out, and he say, you know, they you know they have two problems. And one of them is Will Hobbs. You're like, hey, man, look, we hollered at you a while ago. You know, we told you, hey, look, you either join us or you're going to get your ass hooped by these two. So, you know, come on. It is what it is. And then also – he said that Darby Allen has a TNT title shot. That was problem number two. You know, he said that Tony Khan pretty much called him to the office and said, you know, that, you know, if Ricky would have won that match against Darby, it would be him. Like, no shit, Sherlock, of course. That's how this thing goes. So with that being said, man, you know, uh, 
he pretty much promised that, you know, he and Darby Allen will meet again. He's going to put him in his grave. And I quote, you have face painted, little bitch. Okay. Now, with that being said, man, so we got we, – we still have that that teasing of Brian Cage, Taz, and uh, 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 Ricky Starks. We still have that teasing of another future interaction with Darby Allen. I like that. It's going to circle back some way, somehow. But now you also still got Will Hobbs in the mix. I'm going to go to you. What did you think of this promo, and where do you see Will Hobbs and Darby Allen factoring into this equation with Team Taz? It was, um, I mean, it was a good promo by Taz. Uh, you know, he, you know, Taz did what he do. He 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 spoke. He made great points. Um, I feel like they're going to build up to Hobbs versus Cage for the FTW Championship at Full Gear. Uh, Ricky Starks may have a hand in costing Dari Allen the championship at full gear, or maybe he'll find some way to be in a triple threat match if Orange Cassidy wins. I don't know. Um, I'm kind of speculating as a fanboy of wrestling. Just kind of want to see it. Um, I want to really take Cody out of the title pitch. I, I understand like he can't go after the AEW championship, so I understand he's kind of harped on this championship, but it's like, dude, you're you're you are giving guys opportunity, but you're beating everybody. You're not that great, Cody. <laughs> and 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 I'm you know, and honestly, I appreciate him. I'm not losing appreciation. What I'm losing is rooting for him. I I I don't want to root for Cody anymore. And not to say I don't want to root for him, but I you you yeah you 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 should have lost. Orange <laughs> Cassidy should have won. Bro, it's the John Cena U.S. Open all over again. No, well, that's no, no, well, no, uh, um, not not in the negative way. It, no, 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 no. It's it's good because he's giving guys opportunity. It's just uh, him losing it and then winning it back and then facing. I, he should have waited. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe you could have just waited for full gear and then you could have had this great match, uh, Cassidy versus Cody. For the TNT Championship on the pay per view, instead, where now you you did it a week a week a week ago, and now you're doing it again next week, and then you're doing it then then you're gonna have the match at the pay per view, the facts following couple of weeks. So it's like I, I get it; it's the TV Championship. You want to display it as much as possible, um, but I I yeah I I. I want to see Darby Allen win. I'm sorry. I want to see Orange Cassidy win so he can face Darby Allen and then maybe Ricky Starks to Kahoot get himself into the match. It'll be a three way against those three guys, which I think that'd be really entertaining. I'm 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 just ready for Cody to do something different. Uh, maybe he needs to get a maybe he needs to tag with his brother and join the tag team ranks. Let Omega and Paige have the WWE the WWE the AEW Championship. Let the other guys of Cassidy and all these other dudes, let them run Scorpio Sky. Let them run with the TNT championship and continue to do what you've been doing with the tag team division and give guys opportunity. I I, I think that's where you can go. I wouldn't mind seeing the Rhodes brothers uh, teaming up to, to win the tag team championships and having a match against the Young Bucks like they did, where that was an awesome match. Like That's when we knew that Dustin Rose still got something. The fact that they're tagging in this match and they're putting on a great show. So I, 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 I'm ready for Cody to pass the torch 
to someone else that's from AEW. And I think that's the main thing for me. I'm ready for an AEW person to win a championship and be pushed to the moon. I get FTR is independent, but they they're independent that went to WWE and now they've gotten that bigger recognition and now they're in FT and they're in uh, AEW. I want someone you brought in from 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 for for AEW, but you didn't, but they never went to WWE. I want to see Cassidy. I, I you know I want to see different people. So yeah, I, I I'm I'm ready for Cody to drop the title. Yes, sir. And I think when he does drop the title, I think it's going to be a big deal because I think whoever is the one that takes the title off of Cody since he's had it so long, pretty much since his inception, basically, uh, I think, you know, they're going to get, like you say, man, they're going to put a rocket on his ass and send him up to the moon and beyond. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Hmm, working two jobs. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> hey, hey, don't worry, man. Don't worry because we halfway through this thing and I guarantee right. you it's 10 minutes. We done. All right. Oh, yeah. So next up, man, we got one of my personal favorite moments of the night. And I think this is this this will brighten you up a little bit, man. We got dinner, Le Debonair, with Chris Jericho and MJF. And when I say this, man, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. I did not see this going any which way that it went at all. And the thing is, you know, with Chris Jericho, you're gonna get something that's outlandish, you'll get something that's out there, you'll get something that's what the you know, and then with MJF. Now, I'm going to say, now, Chris Jericho, I can see this from Jericho, but I did not expect this much theatrics from MJF, which made me love him even more, even though I'm supposed to hate the hell out this guy as a heel. Seeing these two men do a dance number, then they got the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, their cheerleaders, I'm assuming that's who they were, in the background doing the whole thing, and they're singing the whole uh, Me and My Shadow song, and then they kind of remix it at the end. I loved it from top to bottom. I like the one-upsmanship, especially. Too cold, man. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Please, man, explain to the people what made this segment so great. What did you think about it? Well, first of all, it was Velma. I'm sorry, Velma. Um, uh, You know, she was just a gem. You know, this was the waitress that MJF kept calling the wrong name. Uh, You know, she she played her part. But the, the ordering of the steak... Uh, <laughs> well done. Uh, medium well. Uh, uh, rare, rare. Uh, uh, I want it blue. Uh, just bring me the cow. I, you know, it was just like, what? Why? Why? Why are y'all going down? I, I figured you would have start low and just like bring it burnt or something. But the fact that they went in reverse order of it, it's like you're gonna prove you can eat a bloodier steak than this guy's. Like you want to both die? Okay, <laughs> whatever, man. So they, they, it, it, that was what it was. I did not. <clears throat> let me make this clear. You already said it, but I want to say it again. Chris Jericho said the obvious. Yes, it was ridiculous. Yes, it was. It 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 was. It was every stupid thing you can think of, but it was genius. I it it. I'm I'm watching them starting to sing, and I'm like, no, you. No, no, y'all, no, y'all not finna do a dance number. No, and then Jericho got to sing it, and then MJF got to sing it. And I said, and next thing I know, I'm watching it, and I'm just saying, and by the time I didn't realize it, I'm into the song and everything, and I'm like, why am I, why am I, why am I doing this? I, it was, it was stupid. It was goofy. It was ridiculous. It was off the wall. 
it was awesome. <laughs> I, it was it was everything. It was everything, man. It, 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 the, the, when they hit, you know, when they went to the back to back, they played the little comedy back and forth thing. They sung, you know, one did the little harmony chorus and the other one sung. You know, you 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 got all of that, man. It, it was, and like you say, were they fighting, uh, not fighting, they're, they're dancing with the cheerleaders and then they just drop their respected cheerleaders on the floor and then just come back and the curtain close. And it's just like, this was, this was stupid. But it was awesome, man. And then they get their stakes and they're poking at it. And they're like, dude, this is, dude, this is, this is too rare. <laughs> like this, he, he's like, dude, this. I mean, they basically just cut the steak and just threw it on a plate and brought it to him. Uh, and the baked potato looked at fake as hell. Uh, but uh, I'm like, all right. And then them both saying MJF saying Thelma and Chris obviously saying her real name Thelma. Uh, it was it. it it had some kind of old school kind of comedy singing comedy vibe to it. And if you've never seen any of those things or her, then you probably didn't get it. But I, I'm not that old, but I've, I have people who enjoyed that, that were older than me that enjoyed that style of comedy and, and singing and whatnot. And you've seen it in some stuff, you know, growing up, I have, you have, uh, but it was, it was, it was, I didn't expect MJF to sound, as good as he did, I thought he would be terrible. Once once he started singing, I'm like, oh my god, he's, this dude sounds terrible. But he he actually held his note. I'm like, okay, all right, this these fools are dancing. These fools these fools are are doing this. You know, they <laughs> run back to back. I'm like, what? Like they? Oh, okay, Tony Khan, you you authorized this. All right, dude, you got it. So I'm. I, I'm not even gonna lie. I actually need to watch some of the other wrestling. I want to hear what they had to say about it because I know a couple of people they love AEW. So I want to hear what they had to say. Like I, I, I gotta know what the consensus thinking was for this segment. Like it's set up, of course, the town hall for next week. Uh, Inner Circle is gonna have an MJF about him actually joining the Inner Circle. Uh, but this, this, this has Chris Jericho written all over it, and the yeah. fact that, like you said, MJF. Going along with it, dancing, being goofy, just really getting into it. It's like the commitment. And I think that's what made me like it. It was the commitment to it that you knew it was ridiculous. You knew it was stupid. But it got over. The damn demo god, he strikes again. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, the commitment, I was thinking to myself because that was a pretty long number. Like, I'm thinking. Yeah. And then the fact that they put cheerleaders, I'm like, okay. So that meant you guys actually had to really rehearse this and practice this. Like, y'all had to put some time in with this. Right. Y'all had a whole seven days. Y'all were practicing this shit every day. But, yeah. yeah. All right, man. So, look, after that wonderful number and the dinner that I can only assume that nobody ate, we had match number four of the night. We got Kylan King versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, the only person that I love that's from Pittsburgh. Okay, with that being said, <sighs> well, Britt Baker won. <laughs> and, and Kylan King is officially 0 and 12 in AEW. I mean, at this point, I don't even know why you booked her. But, uh, <laughs> hey, somebody got to take the losses. That, that's Hey, look, Kurt Hawkins wasn't available, apparently. Uh, <laughs> She's going to beat his record. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, not, not that we have nothing to talk about, but, I mean, I like that this did kind of – it showed off some moves that we haven't seen from Big Baker. So, we guys can see some, you know, some new bullets in the arsenal. Uh, she she actually – I mean, 
even though it was a squash match, she looked very crisp. But I mean, then again, the other chick ain't really do nothing. So, <laughs> with that being said, uh, we going on, man, to segment five. We are almost there. We're on the last page, big dog. All right, man, segment five, we got Matt Hardy. He announces that, uh, well, it's announced that Matt Hardy will face Sammy Guevara in an elite deletion match at full gear. In the next segment, we got Darby Allen with, of course, who else? One of the OGs, you know what I'm saying? You got the original Steve OG jackass. Yeah, yeah. You got Steve O with Jackass. You know, they're here on a uh I don't I don't want to misquote it. I believe it's a I believe it was a half pipe. I could yeah. be wrong with the terminology, but I believe that's what it was. So you no know, Darby Allen, like, you know, I'm gonna roll off this thing, you know what I'm saying? And and, and the body bag. So now the body bag roll. So, I'm Darby. So, he did it like the he did, I'm, I'm, he, he did it like the jackass intro. Like this is Dar I'm Darby Allen, and this is the body bag roll. And then he just zips up in it, and he zips it up to him, and he starts rocking. And then and and Steve was like, "This has bad written all over it." Like I like that he said that, <laughs> and then then Darby Allen did it. But the fact that even Steve O, who's made a career of almost killing himself, even when Steve O's saying like, "Yeah, like this ain't this ain't it." Bro, first, you're in a body bag. And then my thing was, okay, so you can't see exactly how close you are because you zipped up in it. So my thing was, damn, I hope he don't turn too hard and don't roll down. He just kind of like fall off the middle and go straight down like a dead drop. I'm like, he oh, did. I'm like, that'd be bad. And then what the hell does he do? He rolls too far and he dead drops to the middle. And I'm like, damn! It's, how did he? And you can, and it was face first. You can tell by the way he went into the bag and how he flipped. He landed face first. And I'm, I was looking like, how did this dude not have no missing teeth, no busted head? Because like you, when you seen it, oh, it was like, oh damn! Like he didn't even bounce. That's how hard he hit. That's, that's Darby <laughs> Allen, man. He's used to it like that, man. He's dude, crazy, man. He's crazy. <laughs> That's one guy I would not get to a fight with because apparently, man, that boy knows no pain or boundaries. But that's why John Moxley likes fighting him. <laughs> true. That's true. All right, man. Look, it's about that time. Main event time. We got a four-way tag match for a shot at the AEW Tag Team Championships. We got the Dark Order. We got Private Party. We got the Bucks of Youth, a.k.a. the Young Bucks, and we got the Butcher and the Blade. Yes, that's sir. Funny. With the bunny, the bad bunny at that alley. Yes, yes. Okay, so look, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. And I'm going to say from start to finish, I enjoyed this match. I'm going to say this match to me, it showcased the Young Bucks and John Silver specifically were the standouts in this match to me. Uh, a couple of, now I will say Private Party, they look pretty good. See, this is my thing with Private Party. And, and, and I know we got our issues with Private Party. So to me, private party seems to thrive better in multi-team matches. If it's just a private party versus whoever else, it's like, eh, it's up in the air, and eh, whatever. But when there's like multiple teams, I like that, man. To me, I think private party thrives in chaos, especially since they're so spot-heavy. So that's my thought on private party. To me, the dark order. Reynolds and Silver, them boys, I like them. I want to see them two have more tag team matches together. Like, their fluidity and their chemistry, man. Like, for John Silver to be as jacked as he is, and for Reynolds, man, he don't really look like a guy that you would be like, oh, he's a good wrestler. And then you watch him, like, oh, shit, man, he, he's smooth in the ring. 
And yeah. then he won that little run on the outside, kicking everybody, clotheslining everybody, and then jumping all the Yeah, he, he, he put on the yeah, little yeah. show. And then the Young Bucks, you know what I'm saying? They laid the smack down on a couple of jabronis. But, of course, it's the Young Bucks. Man, so after this match, of course, the Young Bucks pick up the victory. Tuco, what did you think of the match? Please, please indulge us with the information. Please explain to us what happened after the Young Bucks picked up that victory, my good sir. Well, FTR, who were doing commentary at the time, they, uh, you know, they're they're doing their thing. They're talking their shit. They're, you know, they they're mentioning why the Young Bucks haven't won. They're making sure to put the icing on the cake as far as, you know, challenging their 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 um, their heart to compete to want to be the best. You know, and they definitely did that throughout the entire match. You know, they talked about everybody else. They gave everyone else props, but they really. <clears throat> They dug in on the Young Bucks, and we all know why they dug in on the Young Bucks. We expected it. It's what we wanted to see. It's the match we wanted to see. For FTR to come to the ring, for Tony Blanchard to be the pretend timekeeper or whatever he was pretending to be, uh, getting in the ring and hitting one of the Young Bucks, I think it was Nick with the chair shot, because I think uh, Matt got the one got beat up, and then he also got his leg broke with the chair. And I, it, the the the, the beatdown was terrible, because I felt like um, they they, they could have segue into that better. Like mm-hmm. it took Blatchard a minute to get in the ring and to actually grab the chair, and then you kind of see Nick, you know, tense up like he knows he's coming. I it, it was just uh, it was a little foreshadowing, and, and then it wasn't. It didn't seem like they knew or, or remembered what they were supposed to do. It's like you're supposed to go out there and beat one dude up. Like with one getting hit with the chair, you beat up the other one. Then you beat up the other one that got hit with the chair. And then you kind of go berserk. Um, the double team move, Tony coming off the middle rope, that was cool. Uh, it was just little bits and pieces about the beat down that I, I can nitpick, but I, I'm not going to. Uh, them smashing, then I, I believe it's Nick's leg in the chair, uh, was definitely surprising. Uh, but it, it it's foreshadowing the storytelling of the match. Don't expect that great of a match because one guy is going to be selling an injury. The other one's going to be taking the ass whooping. FTR is going over. But this is going to set up to something else down the line. I don't think Young Bucks win it here. Um, I think FTR is going to get one victory. This is going to be a series of matches. It's going to be a best of three. How we're going to get them, how far in between, not sure. I see a best of three coming between these two teams. I agree. I agree. <clears throat> yeah, like I said, yeah, I, I'm very curious to see. I think eventually, man, the Young Bucks will be the ones to dethrone FTR at the end of this. If it does go into a, a series type of uh, scenario. But with that being said, my good brother, hold on before you go. I wanted to re- come back to something. We were talking about Cody Rhodes earlier and about the TNT championship. And I was mentioning why I wanted him to uh, why, why I want him to lose it. And it's because he's decided to gain weight. And it was something that he said, you know, that, you know, what did he say? Ah, I had it and I kind of forgot about it. But that's my. Uh, I remember what you said. I I, I remember. I I, I kind of know where you're going. He was talking about, yeah, you know, he's been beating up on the on the lighter guys, and you know, he wants right. to kind of in that way become like a true heavyweight, not a light heavyweight. 
Right. And which, okay. And, and then that's what's um, making me, and that's what made me question why are you turning your hair back to blonde? I figured the dark colored hair was a, a telltale sign of you turning heel. I have no problem with the elite turning heel. You all been walking in as baby faces since the beginning. Uh, it's kind of worn thin. The only, the only one that's didn't wear thin was Omega and Paige, but that's because people really liked them as a tag team. But now you're further pushing what that story is going to be down the line. So I'm okay with that. Uh, the Young Bucks turning heel is definitely got people talking. Cody kind of going a little bit to the dark side and kind of, you know, doing things his way to, to work in his advantage. I wouldn't mind seeing that kind of a Cody. So uh, that change, you, you changed your hair back, you, but you beefed up so you can face the heavyweights a little bit more. Um, you don't plan on facing these light, these lightweights, you know? So I, I, but I, I, I could see him finding some way to weasel into an AEW championship match, but it will be when he t- fully turns heel. I'm, I'm seeing it that way. Uh, but yeah, that, that was just kind of that thing. Like, that's why I feel like Orange Cassidy got to win. Like, I feel like Cassidy's got to win. So Cody now has to do something else. He's got to figure out how can I get myself back in this AEW championship match now that I've kind of booked myself in a corner where I can't even compete for this thing anymore. No matter, no matter what, no matter how many, and this, and that's kind of the reason why I, I'm tired of seeing him win because he's winning so much knowing he can't be ever be the number one contender. So you, you kind of got to be the, the, the biggest star for this secondary championship that logically makes sense. Totally get it. I'm not mad at him for it. Um, Brody Lee beating him like he did the way you're trying to put off that character makes sense. But five weeks you come back, I maybe should have saved it for full year. I don't know. I I feel like it, maybe it should have been a little bit more time. You could have just saved it to the anniversary show. Maybe that was the thing. Maybe you should have just saved it to the anniversary show. Then that way Cassidy could have been saved for the pay-per-view. You know, I, you know, you, you could have did that, I, but this that's part of the reason why I'm okay with Cody losing the championship. I need you to handle business, be away for a while, come back, do something different. That's all. Okay. Because you and I and I think that'll help. I because now we haven't been seeing you. You've been off TV for a while. Other people are getting opportunities with this championship belt. You, you gotta give some of these guys an opportunity. Look, like maybe I give my opportunity to get people what they want. Yeah, man. So sure. it, it, it was definitely a red flag when he said that, you know, I think he beat up like 14 to 15 miles in the six weeks he was off. And then it was even more a red flag when I said, come back. I'm like, damn, dude, like you just came back with black hair. Like you, you went back already? Like, damn, okay. Like some, something ain't right, right here. And the fact that you, you felt the need to, uh, you wanted to specify that you wanted to become a true heavyweight. Well, the only other title you're going to be eligible for is of course the AEW title if that's what you so choose to do. Um, well, only other singles title I should say. So yeah. So the, when he said that, I was like, all right, well, we'll see. So I am very interested, and it's funny that you said that because I didn't even put two and two together that the whole elite was separately, but at the same time, I guess 
teasing Turner Hill or kind of Turner Hill. The only issue I have, I guess my only complaint I have is I'm kind of confused about the beat down of the Young Bucks because they were super kicking the shit out of everybody. I was starting to feel like I was supposed to hate them. And then I kind of feel bad that they got their ass with by Tully Blanchard and FTR. So I don't really know what to make of that. The storytelling behind that is what FTR said. They're the Young Bucks. They haven't won a championship yet, and they're not as good. So you see the frustration of the Young Bucks. They're supposed to be the talk of the town, and they've been, they haven't been winning. They haven't won a championship. You've got Kenny Omega and Hangman Page who won a championship before you. SCU was your first ever tag team champions. You got a team that's been talking shit to you for years on the internet and when they used to be together, and now – they're in your company, and not only did they come into your company, but they're wearing your tag team championships. A tag team championships, you've been in here a year, you haven't even won yet. So not only are they coming in here being better than you, not only have you been losing, not only have other people been showing out, you haven't been you haven't been showing the seriousness of your commitment. And again, that's why I say this I, 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 I'm more into the storytelling of this match now. Because I feel like this is going to be a best of three series. This is a way for FTR to get over because Nick's got injured. It's going to be that potential of, oh, he can do it. Oh, my God, they're about to do it. But then FTR takes the advantage and they win. But now because we know what they did, it's like, no, we want a fair match where we're 100%, you're 100%, and the best man win. You get a title. I, I believe you get a title change. And I believe you get a Young Bucks title reign. Will they continue to be the heels? No, I think they were just going through it because they recognized, you know, they they played the part of being one of the best teams, but not proving that you're the best teams. And the frustration got to them. Now that's me, you know, being the wrestler fan, <clears throat> seeing, trying to trying to see what this may be, trying to read between the lines a little bit, and just looking at their reaction when they won, because once they got that opportunity. You, you can kind of see their demeanor change a little bit. Like, yes, like finally, like we finally got that opportunity. And not only did we get an opportunity for the championship, but we're getting the opportunity for these dudes. And we want to beat these dudes. We want to fight these dudes. And they want to fight us. So it's like, yeah, we you know what? We got what we wanted. We had to show an edge. We had to show something different. Now it's like, but you, you definitely want to put that heat on FTR. They're your heels. You want them to be your heels. The young bucks are your face. They're now back to being the face. And we're going to get a best of three series. I, I hope. I hope. I, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned it several times, man. So, you know, I mean, who am I to go against Steve Nate Kimber on your sources? If you say it's going to be a, hey, be a best of three, then God damn it, Adrian Wojnarowski, I told you it's going to be a best of three. You can't one off it. And, and, and if you're going to set up FTR retaining – you got to have a second match. And then after that second match, you got to have a third match to say, okay, who's the best team? And then by that, then you can go, go for broke then. But when you do that, okay, I'm being biased. I would just throw Lucha Bros in for the third final match, but that's just me wishful thinking. Don't, don't pay me no attention. That's just me wishful thinking, but let's, uh, let's get ready to wrap this thing up, man. Cause it is, it has hit midnight and your boy still got to hit a shower. So, Let's hey, knock that hey, out. Hey, hey, me too, man. Me too. And I got some bottles to wash out. And then uh, I'm still hungry. Man. So I might finish up some spaghetti. So it's going to be a long night. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Mean, man. 
So once again, my brother, thank you for taking the time out. I know you had to work two jobs today. I appreciate you because we had to get the content out. So my brother, once again, thank you. Tell the missus, I appreciate you. Thank you. And, and for the rest of the fans, man, thank you as always for tuning in to another episode of Generation of Wrestling Podcast, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As always, you're truly the 27-year-old piece of gold, a.k.a. the Tribal Chief. And he is Mr. 123, pin that ass down, a.k.a. the Flyest in the Room, a.k.a. Stephen A. Kimbrough. If you don't know, now you know. Flawless Joey V, the Human Encyclopedia Wrestling, us three, we make up the G-O-Dub, a.k.a. the Generation of Wrestling. And that's the bottom line because the franchise says so. Now, can you dig that?